It is Wednesday, May 27th. Time for another edition of the Come On Now MMA podcast. First subject for today, I want to talk about Claudia Gadelia and Dan Ige. Both had some issues with their first COVID-19 test um, in Jacksonville. Uh, Gadelia was her her test, Ige was his brother-in-law's test. Um, they spoke, uh, both spoke to MMA Tonight on Sirius XM with Ryan McKim- McKinnell and Jimmy Smith. And here's the recording that uh, MMA on Sirius XM tweeted out from the, the show. And they combined both audios into one piece which is kind of nice. So here's what uh, Gadelia and Ige had to say. Something that happened that I want to bring up in, in fight night, you know, like I'm crazy obsessed with nutrition. And uh, if you stop to look at it, I was so bloated at fight night. And I feel like kind of that has a lot to do with like all the stress you know that I've been through the entire camp and also when I got to Jacksonville my first test came back inconclusive so I had to quarantine for the first 24 hours in a room by myself and I wow. couldn't like go to my I couldn't go to my uh, workout room to cut weight for the first 24 hours. And I was kind of like, oh, my God, I started freaking out. Like, I was up all night thinking I had corona because, like, the UFC called me and they were like, oh, Jacare's test came back in the same way, so we think you have it. So it was, like, freaking out all night, you know. And for the first day, I couldn't cut weight and I couldn't leave my room. Like, anything I needed, they brought to me. They actually moved me to another floor by myself, and I couldn't see anybody. So the UFC was, like, bringing me food and water and all this, like, and they brought a sauna to my room. But, like, I can't cut weight in the first day, you know. I needed to work out. So it's kind of hard for the first day, things that people don't see, right? Listen, Dan, we just <laughs> talked to Claudia Gadelia, and she had a wild story about fight week where essentially she had a false positive test for COVID-19. Yeah, yeah pretty crazy. And uh, let me go back to the beginning of that story because the funny thing is my brother-in-law, he, I, Skyler Close, I always put him in my corner. Same thing happened to him. He got a false positive. And uh, immediately they uh, he was going to stay with me in my room, but they isolated him, got him his own room. And then here I am for 24 hours freaking out, like, oh, my God, did he have corona- do I have coronavirus? Like, I, I was just, like, freaking out, and he was freaking out. But same thing, false positive. So, obviously, this leads to a question. Um, the first question being, how did they ascertain that the first test was a false positive? What was the difference between... Uh, Gadelia's test and Ige's brother's brother-in-law's test and Jacare Souza's test that made them comfortable enough to say that the first test was a false positive and the second test was negative, while Souza's tests, I'm going to assume, were positive. Um, so, what? How? How was that um, figured out? How did the UFC? get to the bottom of that and say, all right, those are false positives and this one's negative and this is the one that's correct. Um, because Gadelia said it was her second test, so if 
one is positive and one is negative how do you how does the UFC decide that it's the negative one that's correct um, I, I don't know because no one is talking about that both fighters are managed by Ali Abdulaziz which is not an issue but it, it was it's just something you know maybe Abdulaziz can answer these questions or the UFC could answer these questions. They neither of them will answer anything. I ask. I, I checked in with the UFC. I'm going to check in with Abdelaziz. Um, the UFC will not get back to me. Abdelaziz has never gotten back to me on anything I have asked. So the possibility of me getting an answer on this is pretty slim. But it's a it's a concern. Um, I, and then it's also our, um, is this the COVID-19 test or is this the antibody test? Because if it's an antibody test, they are not that reliable and they're also not something that to hang your hat on to keep someone from fighting because it's just there to tell you if someone has antibodies and if they are, if they had the, the, virus so it's not to to 100% to tell you that it's an active virus that's what the uh, swab test is for um, the nasal or oral swab test and they're going to be going with the oral swab test in Nevada for these next two fights according to both the NSAC's protocol and the UFC's protocol going to go with oral testing so again I think that is something that has to be answered by the UFC because it leaves a big question mark on on, on the testing pr process and how who is positive and who is negative is is defined and uh, and figured out because if these two people are saying false false positive how did that how did that decision come to be made so it's a real it's a real issue and it's a big question that needs to be answered and somebody needs to address it because it's not something that's just going to go away. And if it happens again and the fighter admits to it, that's going to raise more questions. So I, we really need the UFC to answer this one. I'm hoping that it's a misunderstanding between uh, Gedalia and Ige that these were just antibody tests and not the COVID-19 tests, but... That's something that has to be cleared up and cleared up as soon as possible. So now I want to take a look at the Nevada uh, protocols, which are a little more stringent than the UFCs. And that's good uh, because we needed a commission to come in and say, These, this is what we're going to do uh, more than the UFC saying, this is what we're going to do. Uh, the UFC as we know, did not follow their protocol. Um, and we also know that there's no repercussions in the UFC's protocol for not following it. And we also know it wasn't enforced. Uh, the Nevada protocols, which were released today shortly after the meeting with the commission to approve the next two events, the May 30th and June 6th events for the UFC Apex, the last section of that protocol states plainly if any personnel is found to be in violation of Section 1 through 6, 
they will be subject to any and all disciplinary actions that can be brought against them by the NSAC. So real repercussions um, in, the, in the NSAC protocol, and that is a big positive. Um, some of the things that stood out here uh, is that the NSAC did a, defined who is getting tested. The updated UFC protocols that were reported by MMA Junkie um, just said fighters and camps. The NSAC says all personnel working the event to include but not limited to Fighters, corners, managers, promoters, promoter staff, production staff, security, cleaning staff, Nevada State Athletic Commission staff, and all officials will be mandated to quarantine immediately after COVID-19 tests. And when they receive their results, they must stay quarantined, no contact with the public, until the conclusion of their respective event. The promoter and promoter staff will be responsible for knowing the location of all their personnel working the event. So this is... Um, what I was hoping to see, and this is more or less a biodome situation where once you are in the fighter hotel, you're, you're quarantined in that hotel, I'm guessing until you the, uh, they move to the, the fight arena, which is the UFC Apex. The Nevada protocols say that the event is a closed system, and by definition that is a secure facility that is closed to the public for the entirety of the event that will control who enters the facility. They'll know the whereabouts of all individuals inside the facility and who's leaving the facility. So that is a, again, a positive. It's a controlled environment. No one's in or out without knowledge of the commission or the UFC. Um, when they enter the closed system, they'll have temperature monitoring, go through a questionnaire, They'll get an oral fluid collection for the testing, and then they'll quarantine until testing results are confirmed. So that's walking into the fighter hotel. That's the first thing that'll happen. And another thing that'll happen here, it's defined by the NSAC, is uh, the cleaning of the system. And it'll assign dedicated cleaning staff to facilities used throughout the event. Any equipment or facilities that are used must be thoroughly cleaned in between each use and details are given on the CDC link. Um, again, a, a positive, a change, and an improvement. Um, so in the interest of transparency, uh, the commission also included the questions that are going to be answered or asked before the people enter the closed system. Another positive here is that the test results will be reported directly to a designated medical representative of the NSAC compliant with HIPAA. So the commission will know the test results, um, not just the UFC. So again, that's a positive. It takes um, any kind of questions and doubt out of, out of the system and let's puts the onus on the NSAC to handle the issues and not just the UFC, which again, uh, a positive as far as uh, trustworthiness and uh, transparency goes.
The next one is a big one and one that was not followed nearly enough in Jacksonville. Um, USC President Dana White, as far as I could tell from the videos and the still photos and the any kind of um, the, the video from the events in Jacksonville that he did not follow at all. I could be wrong, but from what I saw, he never wore a mask. And it says here in Section 3, Social Distancing Guidelines, all personnel will follow the state of Nevada social distancing guidelines, including the wearing of a mask at all times. Gloves are optional but recommended. So, again, that clearly states all personnel will follow the Nevada social distancing guidelines and wearing a mask at all times. So, if it's all personnel, I would expect it to be all personnel. Not, you know, Dana White can't lead by bad example and not wear a mask. I'm going to assume this means also the broadcast team and the referees and the corners and everyone. It says, clearly it says here, all personnel. So we'll see how that goes. Another thing that I've been pushing on and is included in the NSA NSAC protocol is contact tracing. It says here, uh, contact tracing must be provided at the expense of the promoter and in conjunction with the Southern Nevada Health District for any individual whose test results are positive. So the NSAC does not get the, this was from the meeting, they are not involved with the contact tracing, but the Southern Nevada Health District, which I is, is where this fight is going to take place, um, they will be in control of the contact tracing so that that's a positive that's a big positive um, because without the contact tracing things can get a little out of control and it's it's a good thing to let everyone know you know you might have been exposed to the virus and here's where you might have been exposed here's who you might have been exposed to so contact tracing is a massive thing that needs to be followed through on i would hope that the ufc adds this to its own plan and protocol and at least until a vaccine is developed um, but probably until then I'm going to guess most of the fights are going to be held at the apex just out of uh, ease of having everything in one location and you'll know the protocol uh, but we'll see it's a good um, positive test protocol here and it says all personnel that test positive will be required to seek immediate primary care self-quarantine in the state of nevada for 14 days and shall not be allowed to travel by air until cleared solo car travel may be permitted by the individual testing positive if they do not live in the state of nevada but under no circumstance may the positive personnel be allowed to travel by air until cleared by the nsac physician and have tested negative for the prc pcr test should the fail, person fail to comply with this directive, he or she shall not be permitted to enter a closed system or participate in any future events of unarmed combat in the state until such time as these protocols are no longer enforced. So that's a big one. Um, you test positive, you're quarantined for 14 days, and, and then you're going to get another test, and then if you test negative, you can travel. Uh, if you break that protocol, you're not going to be fighting in Nevada until these protocols 
aren't being used anymore. And I, like I said, I'm going to guess these protocols are probably going to be enforced at the very least until a vaccine is developed or and maybe even longer until uh, we have, uh, uh, I guess, some type of herd immunity or everyone's been vaccinated. So that's a big one again. And then the Nevada document closes off with um, items that the promotion has to provide to Executive Director Bob Bennett. And it should include, but is not limited to things such as its plan, a visual method to identify personnel who have been tested and cleared, contact names and telephone numbers for key personnel, hotel accommodations, health and safety procedures, detailed plan for all personnel quarantined after the tests, um, transportation information, um, event operational plan, trauma center one hospital, production personnel media rooms, and plan for COVID-19 testing of personnel after event. Again, a huge one that I've been looking for and was absent from the UFC's plan. So that is great to see that that is included in the Nevada State Athletic Commission plan, and it's going to have to be added to the UFC plan. Couldn't be happier to see that and the contact tracing information. So some big changes here that the UFC is going to need to adhere to. And hopefully, like I said, enforcement is the key. And um, Nevada has been pretty good when it comes to health and safety. We can knock the State Athletic Commission on other things, but I think health and safety, they do a, a, a good job. Um, but again, this is a big one, and I'm glad to see that that's in there. One thing I want to mention here, because I think I'd be remiss if I did not, I don't think the media is really, the MMA media is really covering the COVID-19 issue as well as it could. And I kind of understand why um, fans don't, uh, the, the more vocal fans on Twitter and wherever, commenters, don't seem to be all that jazzed when folks like myself and Luke Thomas dig into this and comment on it and bring up the shortcomings. So I, I think, you know, the, the it might not be worth the grief that they'll get. I understand that, but I also think it's essential to cover these things, especially the shortcomings. It's one thing to just, you know, blast out that, all right, here's the plan. It's another thing to cover that plan and to dig into that plan and to criticize that plan where it needs to be criticized. And I don't think the MMA media is doing as good a job as it could in covering these plans. Um, I know people, uh, some people are sick of it and don't want to hear it and don't care about it, but that doesn't mean it shouldn't be covered and it shouldn't be covered in depth. Um, when we, I would hope that with these changes from Nevada, that the media gets on this a little more. And when they see a foul, when they see someone not following, um, especially someone that's supposed to be setting an example like Dana White, report that. It's not something that can't be reported on. It's not something that can't be mentioned. It should be reported on and it should be mentioned because when the example of the president is, eh, I don't have to wear a mask. I don't have to follow the protocol that the UFC wrote. 
then that trickles down and everybody gets a little more lax in their in their uh, PPE use and their COVID-19 um, safety because you see the boss not doing it and then you think, well, if he's not doing it, why should I do it? If the boss isn't being safe, why should I be safe? And this isn't just the UFC. This isn't all walks of life and in all jobs. You're supposed to lead by example, preferably a good example. And that's not the case here. Well, it wasn't the case in Jacksonville. Hopefully it will be the case in Nevada. And hopefully if the UFC, if the MMA media sees a, sees a no follow through from anyone that should be following the Nevada plan here, report it. Report on it. Mention it. You don't have to be overly critical about it, but you should mention it because without pressure, things won't change. Things won't improve. And we don't have a vaccine for this. So the only thing we have to keep it at bay is to follow the rules. And if that's not being done, we're, we're due for another outbreak. We're due for another increase. So it needs to be followed and it needs to be reported on. And I hope that it's not just, you know, one or two folks who are mentioning it um, after this event. Now, if everyone follows through and everything looks good and all of this uh, protocol that the commission has written and it is followed from start to finish, which includes the post-fight testing and self-quarantining and any information post-fight, then I will I will praise that, and I'm sure others will too, because that's what we need, and that's all we've been asking for, is protocol that is safe and that will be followed. That's all we want. And hopefully that's what we will see in Nevada. But we definitely do not see it in Jacksonville. Last thing I think for tonight, I want to cover a little something about John Jones. I've been thinking about this. And this came from his interview with John Morgan. And he was talking about how he wasn't going to get any additional money to face Francis Ngannou and I didn't cover this in the first time I spoke about it, but I do want to cover it now. Um, and Jones said in that interview with John Morgan, if this is how the UFC feels about me and that I'm really worth, and that I'm really worth, and they don't want to give me a piece of the pie in any way, then I don't want to have to live by their schedule. I feel like I don't have to answer to them if this is how they're going to treat me. I'm totally fine with them vacating the belt, letting someone else fight for the belt. And I'll come around, I guess, when I'm ready to, and I'll see if they're willing to pay for a real big fight. Um, and then he mentions Blockowitz and Reyes. Any one of them, I don't have much to gain in these situations. As a partner, I, it was always very clear that my best days would be when I moved to heavyweight, but now they just shit on all that, and I'm hurt, to be honest with you. This is something that I've been thinking about, and it's something that maybe Jones should follow through on if he vacates the title then he's no longer under the champions clause so he could fight his contract out then and become a free agent and that would be maybe his best bet at this point
because he's he would definitely get a an offer from an, another promotion and if that offer is huge and at this point it, it's just about money which it for someone like John Jones maybe it should be maybe he uh gets a matching offer from the UFC then maybe he doesn't and if he doesn't maybe he takes the uh, the offer from another promotion and moves on and just fights uh prize fights and I don't see anything wrong with that. I think we're too uh, caught up with the UFC thing sometimes. And in the long run, this sport, for someone like John Jones, should be about making as much money as he can for his family and his family's future. So if he can get generational wealth from a few fights from another promotion, why not take it? I mean, that's what free agency is all about, to get the best money you can get. He's been the champion for the UFC. He now sees that they don't see him as anything but another fighter if they're not going to give him more money to fight a super fight. So if he's just another fighter, then he should maybe consider you know, acting like just another fighter and fighting out his contract and seeing what else is out there and getting the best deal he can. I wouldn't, I wouldn't fault Jones, Jones for that. We, we didn't fault other fighters for doing that. So why fault John Jones that? Probably because no one, probably because a lot of people uh, like to find fault with John Jones no matter what. Um, and he gives you reasons sometimes to, to uh, find fault with him. But by pursuing a free agency and trying to get the most money he can for his family, I don't see a problem with that, especially if the UFC is going to say, you're not worth more money. Um, so, yeah, really something I, it's really something I think Jones should think about. Um, and I don't think he would have a problem getting a counter offer from another promotion that was pretty big. So, something to think about. Um, but, yeah, I would definitely think about it. And I think that's all I'm going to have um, for today. I'm hoping that we will get some clarification on the, posi the um, false, neg false positives from Gadelia and Ige's brother-in-law. I really hope that that gets cleared up. I think that needs to be cleared up, so we'll see what happens there. Um, but until tomorrow, stay safe. Mm -hmm.